SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome to Opposite Picks on this Wednesday, November 2nd. I am Scott Wetzel sitting in for the next 60 minutes, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Well, uh, tip of the cap to the Phillies. Let's make a bad deal. First four is in. Nash is out. Is Kyrie next? You'll never believe who might be in. Destroy a person. Get a slap on the wrist. 20 to 1 shot hits and Philly fans are frauds. We'll get to all those stories. Plus your phone calls, pyramid plays, open parlays, and of course, opposite picks all coming up on the fastest hour on Sports Grid Radio. Uh, a little Aaron Rodgers there on the Packers uh, once again, standing pat and not making any moves to help their club, which is fading fast. And then maybe my favorite quote of the year, Kevin Durant, I asked on the firing of his head coach, Steve Nash. Yeah, I, I thought about it for a little bit, but uh, oh, well, no big deal. You know, I, I, but he almost like acknowledged that he actually gave it some thought. Like, that was the big proclamation. Not that he did. I mean, obviously, you would think your head coach gets fired. You know, it's how much thinking, how much blame, and this and that. And it's almost like, oh, no, oh, yeah, I, I gave it a little bit of thought. Yeah, 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 believe it or not, it did seep into my brain. What a joke. Oh, what a disgrace. What an outfit that that Brooklyn Nets team is. Just, just Listen, I, here in New York, nobody cares. I've said this a thousand times. They couldn't even sell out the game last night. Who doesn't sell out a game in the NBA? Brooklyn's bigger than most states in our country, believe it or not. And uh, yet they still couldn't sell out 15,000 seats. So when people yell and scream and say no one's going to the game, that that's the, that is the case there. So now you have the best player on the team. The head coach gets fired. And they ask him about it. It's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I did hear something like that. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show. <clears throat> How the players just run the roost in the NBA. More so, by far, not even close than in any other league. You know, we all used to think the baseball union was the strongest. And the union itself might be the strongest. But as far as the players really running the league, oh, it's it's the NBA. He doesn't care. He doesn't care if it's Steve Nash or you and I being head coach. I mean, there was word uh, earlier this uh, offseason about how he wanted the head coach and the GM fired. Otherwise, he wanted out. Nets did neither. Maybe they kind of you know, got pinned in a corner, and they weren't going to beckon to his uh, wishes uh, and fire him like that. They were going to wait two weeks. So maybe they pulled him aside and said, listen, uh, if, if we fire him because you're you know, saying you want the guy fired, one, it's not a good look for you, and two, it's certainly not a good look for us and the organization. So you know, give us two weeks. Not even a month. Give give us two weeks. Give us a you know a two and five or so start, and we'll whack them. Okay, Kev. And Kev said, "Okay, sure." Uh, that's probably how it went down. Uh, legitimately, that that's probably how it went down. I mean, listen, I've said for many, many, many uh, you know months now, Steve Nash is the worst head coach in the NBA. I've said it before. He he couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag. So it's not that he doesn't necessarily deserve to get fired. But you don't deserve to get fired after a two and five start. You know, if, if you're going to bring them back, then you bring them back and you give them at least a month 
to put this team together, right? I mean, they didn't have Ben Simmons at all last year after the trade. Now they finally have him. Uh, you didn't really, for the for most part, have Kyrie last year with the COVID stuff. Now you finally have him. You know, wouldn't you think, wouldn't it be the prudent thing, wouldn't it be the fair thing to give your head coach at least a month to get these guys to buy in? Not even that. Seven stinking games. Wow. And there's Kyrie afterwards. Oh, you know, that's life in the NBA. What are you going to do? Nice guy. Yeah, sure. I know I brought him over here from Golden State, and, and I handpicked the guy uh, because we were buddies over at Golden State together. But uh, you know what? Uh, after a couple of years, don't let the door hit you in the ass there, uh, Steve. See you later. <laughs> what a joke. Wow. And then to top it all off, the Nets are reportedly considering hiring Ime Odoka. You got to be kidding me. I mean, you you, you, you know, this is how it works, though. Teams leak stories to their puppets, i.e. the four-letter network. They see what the reaction is, and if it's okay, they'll hire the guy or sign the guy as a free agent or trade for the guy. Uh, if the reaction is bad, then they just back off and say, oh, no, 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 no deal was ever done. So that's exactly what to do. And then they grabbed their puppet over at the four-letter network, and they said, you know what, leak it out that we're considering on going after Odoka with the Celtics and, and, and see what the reaction is. You know what the reaction is going to be? The reaction is going to be nothing because, again, nobody cares about the Brooklyn Nets. Nobody. No, people in Brooklyn don't care about the Brooklyn Nets because they've torn that uh, that franchise apart. So they're going to be okay with, with the sexual predator apparently, you know, coming over and being the head coach. Uh, but So you're, you're going to get rid of – you're bringing in Ben Simmons, uh, a mental midget. You got Kyrie, a mental midget. You, you, you clean out the head coach, and you're going to bring in a guy who can't keep his pecker in his pants. Uh, wow. Just You talk about going from the pot to the frying pan. That is the Brooklyn Nets. Wow. We all need a good laugh, and uh, the Nets are there for us. All right, all the other football stuff, baseball stuff, all coming up. Opposite Pick Sports Grid Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back. It is Opposite Picks right here on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM 159. Sports Grid Radio, yep. Phillies last night take a 2-1 uh, best of seven uh, World Series lead as they whitewash the Houston Astros 7-0, hitting five home runs in the process. Uh, Lance McCullers apparently tipping his pitches. He says no. World says yes. And uh, I didn't realize that uh, knowing which pitch was coming would help that much. Uh, I mean, uh, you're facing Nolan Ryan. You know a fastball is coming 85% of the time, right? I don't, that, that didn't help too many people. But I guess, uh, you know, if you're Lance McCullers versus Nolan Ryan, knowing if it's a fastball or an off-speed pitch uh, makes all the difference in the world. Did last night, 7 nothing. I don't know how a guy tips his pitches like that. Uh, you would think that if the Phillies knew he was tipping his pitches, there'd be someone responsible for Houston to be watching their own pitchers and make sure that, you know, he's not tipping his pitches. But five homers last night, you know, that doesn't excuse the Astros from laying over and, and just rolling over in this game. You know, you got a starting pitcher that's, uh, you know, struggling, whether it's because he's tipping his pitches or whether it's just because he's struggling. Okay, that's one thing. But for the uh, Astros yesterday to get shut out, that's pathetic. You know, against Ranger Suarez. You want to get shut out against Wheeler or Nola, okay, I get it. But Ranger Suarez in four relievers holding the Astros to five hits. Wow, that's bad. That 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 that's bad. 
I thought they were going to win, but now I'm really having my doubts. You know what? I think I'm flipping. I, I, I think the Phillies are going to win. Uh, they're up 2-1. Chances are pretty good. It's gonna, probably going to go back to Houston 3-2. Although, you know what? With this Astros team and with this Phillies team, man, uh, the way they play at home and everything, I, they might not. They, they might take the next three and win this one in five. They, they really wouldn't. At this point, it wouldn't surprise me. Because the Astros are playing, you know, mediocre, and the Phillies, red hot, uh, unbelievable. It's amazing. This team was left for dead. This team had no business getting into the postseason. What they finished up the regular season seven and thirteen, we said, if not for the Milwaukee Brewers playing even worse down the stretch, they never would have got to the postseason. And, and it's just been. Remarkable. I, you know, the bats have come alive. The pitchers have pitched. The, the relievers have relieved. It, it's just a renaissance for the Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia Phillies in the postseason. It, it really it's crazy. So 7 nothing, And again, the Astros just roll over last night. So tonight, it's not necessarily life on the line because I do think Houston going back 3-2, <clears throat> you know, could still win, you know, two in a row in Houston. I don't think it's that big a chore for them. So they're still kind of playing with house money. Javier versus uh, versus Nola tonight, and then uh, they'd figure out, I guess it's Verlander versus uh, maybe Syndergaard, they're saying, for Philadelphia on Thursday. How about Justin Verlander? You know, flipping the bird to the fans as he's on the the, uh, the team bus, um, and the fans got note of that, and they made a big thing about it, and uh, they were flipping him the bird yesterday. And uh, so Verlander gets off the bus, again, as they went to the ballpark, right? And uh, they're going back and forth, joined with the fans, Kind of friendly, but you never know. It is Philadelphia, right? And they're all flipping each other the bird. So Verlander gets off the team bus, and uh, they all kiss his ass, and they're taking pictures with him, and they're all laughing. Uh, what a bunch of fraud Philly fans. I mean, you know, you have a guy, he's flipping you the bird, <clears throat> and because he's willing to take a couple of pictures with you, you're willing to kiss his ass. Really? That's all it takes for you to flip? I mean, you hate the guy. He's this, he's that. He's giving you the middle finger, and you're willing to forgive and forget just because he's willing to take a couple of pictures with you. Wow. You Philadelphia fan, you you pretend that you're hardcore. Could you ever in a million years ever see a Red Sox fan taking pictures with Alex Rodriguez just because he's willing to do so? I don't think so. Heck, even Stanky fans, you ever think they would take a picture with Big Poppy? Uh, after all the big-time hits he's had against the Stanky fans, I don't think so. Think the Giant fan would ever take pictures with Clayton Kershaw just because he's willing, or Dodger fans with Reuter Barry Bonds just because he's willing to give him a, a picture? No. But the Philadelphia Phillies fan, yeah. Such an overrated. The most overrated fan base in the history of mankind is still the Oakland Raider fan. But the Philadelphia fan, not not that far behind, really. Not, you know, taking pictures with the enemy during the World Series, oh, by the way, very weak. Dolphins, the NFL trade deadline, make the big splash. Uh, they get Bradley Chubb. Here's my problem as a Dolphin fan. They gave up a number one for a guy who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Now, could they franchise him? Yeah, but that, that's tough to do. That, that's a lot of money. Um, but you could, theoretically, you, you could. But what I don't get is Carolina can't get a number one for Christian McCaffrey, best running back, top two, three anyway in the NFL, right? Bears can't get a number one for Roquan Smith, best linebacker in the NFL, one, two, three anyway, right? But the Dolphins, somehow or another, give up a number one to, by far, 
the lesser of those three players. You know, Chubb's a good player, but he's not in Roquan Smith. He's not Christian McCaffrey. No way, no how. He does obviously different things, but I'd rather have Smith as my linebacker and McCaffrey as my running back versus Chubb as my defensive end. I mean, you give up a number one for a guy who's going to be a free agent, and he's never healthy, never. He's been in the league five years, and we'll throw out this year, he's been healthy one out of the four years, one. He's not that good either. You know how many sacks he had last year? I won't run it all down, but zero sacks, zero in seven games, not a one. All right, he's got five and a half this year in eight games, which isn't too bad, but that's not great. You're going to give up a number one pick for a guy who could walk away in two months, and you talk about holding the hammer against the Dolphins in contract negotiations, right? I mean, this guy does. You're going to throw out a number one and I'm going to walk? Yo, forget about that $20 million a year asking price. Now it's up to $25 million. Try and sell that to your fan base. You gave up a number one for a guy to have for a month and a half, two months. You know who he is? He's Javion Clowney Light. That's who he is. Thinks he's better than he is. Is pretty good. Expects a ton of money. And yet really doesn't produce because he's never healthy. Look at Clowney's numbers. And count on one hand how many sacks this guy's had. Never had 10 sacks in a season. But he thinks he's the greatest thing in the world. And his dopey teams continue to pay him, albeit on one or two-year contracts. That's Bradley Chubb. Comes with a reputation, doesn't come with the stats. So if they don't re-sign this dude and this guy walks or, you know, he goes out on the football field and twists his knee or his ankle or his shoulder or his elbow or his hand or whatever other injury he may have, you're screwed. You know, all three number one picks they got in the San Francisco trade uh, a couple of years ago as the Niners moved up to go get Trey Lance, all gone now, all gone. So, you know, and it helped them get the, you know, Tyreek Hill. I, I get that. I'll, so I'll take that, but... I'm glad they did something. I'm encouraged. I, I like it. You know, most teams, you know, Green Bay Packer fans, Giant fans, you know, these teams have sat around to basically nothing. I, so I'm happy they, they think they, you know, are in it. But, boy, they better sign this guy. And then the other thing I was saying last night is this means they're committed to uh, to a tags. You know, you're not giving Ty Hill the money you gave him. You're not going to give the money to Bradley Chubb and still be able to give money to a big-time quarterback this offseason. So, no, the only way you can afford these guys is if you have a quarterback that's on his rookie contract, which is what Tua Tags is for the next two years. That's the only way. So, acquiring Chubb, hence re-signing Chubb for major money, means they are locked into Tua Tags. And that is the worst part of the whole deal for the Miami Dolphins. College football, our shots on goal, a 20-to-1 shot hits. We'll talk about it when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back. It is Opposite Picks right here on SportsGrid Radio, and that is why Dusty Baker uh, probably will never win a World Series as manager because, uh, you know what, the opposing team knows your starting pitcher is tipping pitches. Philadelphia all but confirmed that, and then you got Dusty in a post-game press conference saying, nah, nah, he's not tipping pitches. Nah, well, we would have known by that. Uh, it was just luck. They were all looking for off-speed pitches. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Dust. <laughs> all right. 
All right, and you got the, the by far the much better team, and you're down two games to one. Your starting pitcher gave up five home runs, and you're wondering why. Oh, okay, but it's not because they're tipping pitches. Wow. Uh, Okie dokie. Uh, 844-843-6879, the toll-free telephone number. Did hit a nice little 20-to-1 shot yesterday. Ah, yes. Uh, thanks to those five home runs, we had a uh, Schwarber-Harper double home run. Uh, you know, home runs apiece, 20-to-1. 20-to-1. Cha-ching, cha-ching. We were sitting on a Harper-Schwarber-Bregman parlay that would have paid 125 to one and i tell you what you know it's i don't generally do home runs but i did last night so i can't complain too much because i hit the 20 to one but i was that close to putting in a bunch more and i said eh, no but i did the, I, I did like the home runs i thought you know in that ballpark the ball's gonna be flying you know it's tough to get doubles sometimes it's easier to get a home run really when you think about it than it is a a, a double so I was that close to putting in a bunch of home run parlays. And considering the guys, though, that hit home runs, you know, obviously I had Schwarber and then I had uh, Harper. I probably would have had Real Muto, probably would have used Castellanos. Uh, the Boom Bomb guy, mm, maybe. Marsh, probably not. So Hoskins, I may have thrown in there. I, I might not have hit any more anyway, but you had five guys last night um, to be able to hit one of those uh, parlays. So hopefully you, you did. I had a bunch of double parlays, though. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I eight double parlays, and none of nobody even hit one double, let alone two or three guys hit a double. So um, hopefully that'll change later on tonight. But uh, the 20 to 1 shot at least uh, paid for our price of admission. Uh, as the saying goes, not bad. All you got to do is one of those. Just, just hit one of those and uh, you will be okay. College football, the um, first poll came out, playoff poll. And listen, it really doesn't matter. It, it doesn't. So I'm not going to get all upset about the fact that, uh, you know, uh, it, it came out one, two, three, Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson. But two things stand out to me. One, first and foremost, Tennessee being number one this week and Georgia number three, not even two. Wow. This committee really does not like Tennessee. Well, they're number one, Scott. Yeah, I know they're number one. I know they're number one. You know they're number one. Georgia knows they're number one. Tennessee knows they're number one. You talk about bulletin board material. Wow. I have the defending champs, Georgia, undefeated this season, rolling, a couple of close wins, but rolling. And not only aren't they number one, they're not even number two. They're number three. The mighty SEC's best team defending champ is only third. You talk about giving Georgia bulletin board material. Holy fudge. It is much, 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 much easier being the hunter versus the huntee. The tables have been turned on Tennessee. They are no longer the hunter. They are now the huntee. And uh, Kirby Smart's too good of a head coach to be able to let that fly without the team noticing. They, he's going to have his guys so riled up, so pumped up this weekend. I don't believe in that mumbo-jumbo stuff when it comes to pro teams, 
But in college sports, absolutely I do. Absolutely. This is the worst thing in the world, Tennessee fans, that could have happened. Honestly, you would have been better off being voted number 10. It doesn't matter. You got to play Georgia this week. You lose to Georgia, you're out of the top four. You beat Georgia, you're in the top four. Whether you're 10 or 5 or 8 or 1, you have to beat Georgia. That remains the, the goal. And being now the number one team and the huntee, wow. They did Tennessee no favors, no favors whatsoever, because now Tennessee players themselves, what are they talking about now, Georgia? No, of course not. They're talking about how their number one, you know, uh, Josh Heupel, their head coach, is on the four-letter network last night celebrating their number one, blah, 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 blah. You watch. I wasn't necessarily going to bet Georgia this weekend. Oh, I am now. Love Georgia laying eight and a half. Love them absolutely. The other thing is Big 12 got screwed again. What else is new? Again, it doesn't matter ultimately because Ohio State's going to play Michigan. Georgia's going to play Tennessee. So these teams are guaranteed losses. Uh, and, and I do think in the end, if you win out, you'll get in. The only time you'll really have a chance to, to gripe is if you win out and then you lose out to a team that's got one loss, which could occur also. But So TCU is number seven, not even five or six. I don't understand how TCU, with four wins over ranked teams at the time, is ranked lower than Clemson, which somehow or another is at four, even though they only have three wins against teams that were ranked at the time. And quite frankly, none of them are really good. Wake Forest, Syracuse, and North Carolina State. North Carolina State's been a huge disappointment. Syracuse has been a nice surprise, but we saw Syracuse, right? What happened with them with Notre Dame? They got now two losses. When everything's said and done, they're going to end up with three or four losses. And Wake Forest, I love them, but they couldn't spell defense, let alone play it, right? So they really haven't beaten anybody that good. Meanwhile, TCU has wins over Oklahoma, Kansas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. Big 12 has a number three RPI power ranking. ACC has number four. So I got a team that's undefeated with more wins against ranked teams in a conference that's higher ranked than the, the other club, and yet somehow or another, the lesser ranked team uh, or club, Clemson, is fourth, and TCU's only seven. You want to know why? It's the old boy network. It's as simple as that. Does TCU bring in a cachet to the table? No, it does not. If it's Oklahoma, if, if this was Oklahoma in TCU spot, oh, yeah, they would be ranked in the top four. If this was even maybe Oklahoma State, they would be ranked in the top four, but not TCU. Clemson brings more cachet, so we're going to put Clemson in there at number four, seemingly letting Clemson know that they control their own destiny. Now, that has not been normally the case with these things. They do flip-flop back and forth. I will give them credit for that, but you need some controversy. You need a little buzz. You need people talking about it. They very easily could have made Ohio State or Georgia one, the other one two, you know, Tennessee three, and then, uh, you know, TCU or, or Alabama or Clemson four, or, or even Michigan, right? But you, you need to do something to create some buzz. And uh, this is what they've done. They put Tennessee one and Clemson number four. And that's why you can't take uh, the uh, – you know, the college football stuff, seriously. You, you just can't. You, you need more teams just because you can't count on the so-called leaders being objective. Really can't. So TCU should be higher than seven. They've gone through the bulk of their schedule. 
Yep. They, they do have Texas left on the road. They got Baylor left on the road. So they got two more decent little teams. But I don't know, you know, if a close Michigan or Ohio State loss to Michigan or Ohio State or a close loss Tennessee Georgia is going to be enough to drop them lower than TCU. Um, you, you're going to at this point, worst case scenario. You're going to have, you know, Tennessee not go up Georgia or vice versa, and it's a close, close game. They're in the same side of the uh, SEC, so only one is going. Winners going to the SEC championship game. The loser is not. So would an 11-1 Georgia or Tennessee team get into the Final Four over an undefeated TCU team? Would an 11-1 Ohio State or Michigan team get into the Final Four over an undefeated TCU or even Clemson team? That's going to be the issue. Um, and this might be the year that gives us the impetus to, uh, you know what, expand it to six games or six teams this, this postseason. Um, I think they should go to eight, but this might be the year where you're going to get a real good team. You, you, you are more than likely going to get at least one good team screwed, whether it's Oregon whether it's TCU, whether it's the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, or the loser of Tennessee, uh, um, Georgia, or Alabama, uh, depending on what happens to them, um, somebody is going to absolutely get screwed this year. So, Or even an undefeated Clemson, to tell you the truth. You see the uh, alive son of Andy Reid got his sensing yesterday. You know, not, not the son that uh, died of a drug overdose. Not, not, not that son. Uh, you know, this is the one that was convicted of being a drug dealer, though, along with the dead other son. You know, the one that pointed a gun at somebody in a road rage incident a few years ago. You know, good old Britt Reed. Sentenced to three years in prison for his car crash that left a young girl with brain injuries. Three years for basically destroying somebody's life. That is so pathetic. Our, our, our court system is just awful. Just awful. Nice commotion, Andy. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, yes. LLs know what that music means. Time to take out those padded pencils, get set for the fact. And more importantly, most profitable five minutes in radio, opposite picks. What are opposite picks and newbies ask? Well, we give you seven games, 7,000 reasons why we like one side, and then we go opposite. Why? Because despite all the stats, trends, hunches, injury reports, weather reports, systems, and everything else, nobody but nobody beats the boys in Vegas. Uh, a little slip up yesterday. We hit with the Philadelphia loss with Brooklyn, the uh Coaches fired system. We did that in reverse. That was before that came into play. Uh, lost with Golden State as they lost to Miami. Won with OKC. Lost with the uh, Washington uh, Caps. Lost with the Penguins. And lost with the uh, LA Kings. Actually, we won with the LA Kings. So 3-4 uh, and four yesterday after a 6-0 and oh on Monday. Not bad. All right, here we go. Got a uh, seven-pack of games. 
Going to start with the baseball. World Series Game 4, Houston. Uh, minus uh, 120 against Philadelphia. You know, it's uh, not do or die time. It isn't for the uh, Houston Astros. I get that. They can easily fall behind 3-1 and uh, win Game uh, 5 and then uh, take that next two back in Houston. But they could be in trouble if they lose this game. Let's face that. You got to play the Astros if you think they're going to win the series. I do. You're getting them here at close to pick them, basically, odds, depending on where and when you do your shopping. So love Houston here with one of their better pitchers on the hill. Uh, give me a Philadelphia uh, pick them. Pick number two, Bowling Green laying four and a half at uh, Western Michigan. Ah, little Mac action as it returns. Little midweek Mac action. It's a beautiful thing. Surprise, Bowling Green isn't favored by more than this. They're four and four. Western Michigan only three and five. Bowling Green three and one in Mac play. Western Michigan only two and two. Two of Bowling Green's four losses have come against UCLA and Mississippi State. No shame in that. And Bowling Green is the home team. Love BG here. Uh, give me uh, Western Michigan, uh, plus the uh, four and a half. Pick number three, Cleveland getting two at home against the Boston Celtics. Wow, Cavs at home as underdogs. I don't understand that, even against Boston. Cavs have won five straight, including a win over these same Celtics last week in Boston. Seems to me if they can win in Boston, they can win at home, no? Donovan Mitchell, unbelievable for his new club, averaging 32 points a game. They're undefeated at home, 3-0. Love Cleveland here. Uh, give me the uh, give me the Celtics, uh, minus the two on the road. Pick number four, Atlanta Hawks, plus two against the New York Knickerbockers. Knicks never beat Atlanta. You know, Google New York versus Atlanta postseason two years ago, and you'll see why. Uh, they're a bad match. Too much athleticism on Atlanta, especially now that they got DeJounte Murray on the team. Battle of backcourts, to me, Atlanta has the better of the two backcourts. Uh, back I will take them. There's a reason why the Knicks are only a two-point home favorite. They're begging to take New York. I'm not falling for it. Love, 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 love Atlanta here. Uh, give me the Knicks, uh, minus the two. Pick number five, Charlotte, uh, Chicago, uh, minus five and a half, plus uh, at Charlotte. Uh, Bulls coming off a road win at Brooklyn last night, while the Hornets are coming off an awful home loss to Sacramento. Big edge Chicago there, right? Uh, admittedly, the Bulls look great one night and then awful the next, but they look terrific last night winning in Brooklyn. They head back home. Uh, I think they have enough to beat the Charlotte Bobcat Hornets. Love Chicago here, laying only uh, five and a half. Uh, give me uh, Charlotte uh, plus the five and a half. Pick number six, uh, the uh, L.A. Clippers laying six against the Houston Rockets. Yeah, I know we kind of swore off betting on the L.A. Clippers because you just don't know who's playing, right, each night, whether Paul George or Kawhi Leonard or anybody else is going to be there. But you're taking on a Houston Rockets team that just stinks. Uh, one in seven. They're no better this year than they were last year. And uh, why should they be since they got rid of one of their better players? Wounded Clippers win and cover this modest number of only six. Uh, give me the Rockets uh, plus the six. Pick number seven, New Orleans Pelicans are laying three against the L.A. Lakers. Wow. Lakers finally won their first game after five straight losses Sunday night at Denver. But that doesn't change the fact that they stink. New Orleans has been terrific to start the season 4-2, including 3-1 on the road. There is no reason in the world they should lose to the L.A. Lakers. Love New Orleans here laying only three. 
Uh, give me the Lakers uh, and LeBron plus the three. Opposite picks, little little seven pack. We got uh, Houston uh, at Pickham basically against the Phillies. Uh, check that. We got Philadelphia uh, Pickham uh, against Houston as the opposite pick. We got Western Michigan plus four and a half against Bowling Green. We got the Celtics laying two at Cleveland. We got the Knicks uh, laying two against the Atlanta Hawks. We got the Charlotte uh, Bobcat Hornets uh, laying fi- or getting five and a half against Chicago. We got the Rockets plus six against the Clippers. And give me the Lakers and LeBron plus three at home against the New Orleans Pelicans. Opposite picks for a Wednesday, November 2nd. Good luck, folks. And there you go. Post those uh, on the website as we always do uh, right here on uh, Sports Grid Radio. All right, let's check out our premium plays and our uh, pyramid plays and our open parlays and our shots on goal. We'll start with our, uh, eh, let's go with the uh, good old pyramid plays first. These are the best plays in each sport. So NBA, we give you the one best play, NHL, one best play, and so on down the line, right? So today, what do we have, Scott? Well, NBA, I I love, you know, I don't love the Pelicans. I really don't, but I love the fast start that they're on, four and two. Um, Don't know if Zion's playing or not. Uh, You know, every time you turn around, there's another injury, but this is really more an anti-Laker play. Lakers stink. I, I know they won in Denver, but... Boy, and it celebrated like they won the NBA championship. It was really kind of goofy. Give me an award. Love the awards. I think that's the best NBA play on the board. NHL, there's only two games. I'll grab Philadelphia plus a goal and a half at Toronto. I have absolutely no faith in this uh, Maple Leafs team. They, they can lose to the worst team, and Philadelphia's not the worst team. Went in overtime against the Rangers last night. Difficult playing back-to-back, but you know what? I'll grab Philadelphia. I'll take the goal and a half at, uh, at, at even odds. Uh, baseball. Again, we're on the Astros to win the World Series, so uh, give me Houston Pickham as our best baseball play. And then college football over 48, Western Michigan at Bowling Green. Shots, or yesterday, uh, we did well. Uh, We hit with the Bruins, who rallied from 5-1 down. Boy, you never, ever see that, right? Uh, second period down 5-1. They rally and win eight, uh, uh, 6-5 in overtime. So Bruins won uh, over Steven Stamkos, three and a half shots on goal winner. Uh, over 217 and a half Orlando OKC winner. The only loser by one stinking run was over seven and a half Astros and Phillies. And we had the stinking Phillies get seven runs. All we need was one lousy run, right? So three and one, uh, not not too bad. I'll update the standings on all that uh, on Fridays. All right, shots on goal last night. You know, I didn't check. Uh, I forgot to check the late guy, Timo Meyer. How did he do? He had two. Uh, last uh, I checked when I went to bed, good old Timo leads the NHL in shots on goal. Ducks beat the Sharks in overtime 6-5. to five. Timo with two goals. Ooh, we need five shots on goal. I don't care if he got four goals. I need the five shots on goal. Meyer got uh, nine shots on goal. This guy is unbelievable. Nine shots on goal. Holy fudge. All right, we had uh, two Florida guys. I tell you what, if we hit our Florida guys last night, Barkov and Bennett, we had another monster game, uh, our, our monster night. Uh, let me flip to the Florida one. I meant to do this before the show. Sorry about that. Uh, no problem, Scott. As long as they're winners, you do whatever you want. You just keep on giving us winner. Barkov had two, Bennett three. Uh, ah, Damn. Two losers. All right. Um, 
and Kachuk had four, so we would have won that parlay with uh, with, with Trocek. Uh, we were set up for a monster day game. Barkov only had two. Yeah. Bennett, three. Yeah. All right. We still went one, two, three. Still went four and four. But we were looking at four and two heading into the Florida guys. Even if we could have got a split, that would have been five and three. Eh, fudge. All right. So uh, actually, we went five. Uh, five and five. No, not four and four. Five and five. We hit with Pasternak, uh, Zabinajad, Stamkos, Batherson from Ottawa, and Meyer from San Jose. We lost with Barkov, Bennett, Florida, to bring it, Kuchuk, Ottawa. And then we lost to Parlay because Trocek for the Rangers only had two. So five and five. All right. Well, nice worth of action to break even. Uh, not the worst thing in the world. Here we go. We have, um, we're considering six guys tonight. Austin Matthews, four and a half. Oof. That's tough. Five shots on goal. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to swear off these five shots on goal guys eventually. Uh, let me just go to his numbers and see how many times he's actually had five versus uh, going up and down because he is an up and down generally the guy. He's not like a consistent five. 0-1, uh, 0-2, 1-2, 2-2, 2-3, 2-4, 2-5, 3-5, 4-5, 5-5, 5-5. 5-5, and so pretty consistent as far as uh, whether he gets the five shots and going. I, I'm going to pass on that. Uh, that's just that, that, that's too many. Uh, no good on that one. Uh, Travis Konecki uh, for Philadelphia. Two and a half minus 130. Definitely going to play that one. In fact, that is going to be our best bet. Uh, Pittsburgh, we got Ricard Raquel, two and a half minus 176. Yikes. Can't play that by himself. Let's see if we put him in a parlay. Uh, getting Malkin, three and a half plus 110 for Pittsburgh. Um, I'll, I'll do that. I'll, I'll take the rare three and a half. Tage Thompson, three and a half for Buffalo. Minus 130, and Rasmus Dahlin, two and a half for Buffalo, minus the 150. Won't go 150 on that one. I'll put him in a parlay with Raquel. So we're going to have two parlays tonight. Um, we're going to go with John Tavares for Toronto, two and a half, minus 188. You just you can't ever play that straight. And we're going to team him up with uh, Pittsburgh's Brian Russ, two and a half, minus 164. That parlay, if it hits, we'll pay buck uh, forty-six. Then we're going to use Raquel for Pittsburgh two and a half minus one seventy-six, and we're going to team him up with Buffalo's uh, Rasmus Dahlin two and a half minus one fifty-five. Uh, if that hits, that that'll pay about a buck seventy-five. I got to put that in the computer. I haven't done that, so we we'll use so the four guys will play straight. Matthew or no, we're, we're killing Matthews. Uh, uh, Kaneki. For uh, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh's Malkin, Buffalo's Tage Thompson. And then parlay Tavares and Brian Rust in one. And then we're going to parlay Raquel and uh, Darlene for Buffalo in another one. So we're going to have to do it. You know, you, you can't uh, you can't lay these minus 176s and 150s. And you, you just, you'll never win. You, you'll just never win minus 188. So it's tough hitting two in a parlay. I get that. But um, you have better luck hitting that parlay versus losing both of those and, and really getting crushed if you do that. All right. Uh, last night, our um, open parlays. How well did we do? Well, we'll start with the uh, Buffalo or the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, New York Islanders game. Islanders win three to one. Cha-ching, cha-ching. So 
We uh, risked three hundred fourteen to win a buck fifty six, so we're now over four hundred fifty dollars in our bet against the Blackhawks. Uh, Blackhawks aren't playing tonight, so we'll put that aside. Um, we had Florida minus two ninety five against Arizona in our bet against San Jose, Arizona uh, open parlay, and uh, lo and behold, the Coyotes win. Unbelievable, unbelievable. And then our underdog open parlay, we hit with the Bruins. So we're three down, three to go on that one. I'll let you know what we're going to do when we come back on the underdog and then the main open parlay, which lost on the Astros. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back. It is Opposite Picks right here on Sports Grid Radio. We are flying through. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We got our shots on goal. Uh, open parlay, the main one. We lost with the stinking Astros, so we're now 2-70. and 70. Uh, Man, we can't even get the, this thing rolling. Uh, minus 3,700 bucks. All right, let, let's go right back to the well, shall we? And uh, we'll go conservative tonight. We'll go with the Miami Heat. Pick them. Uh, at home against uh, Sacramento. There's no way they're losing to the Queens at home, right? So uh, we'll put $100 on Miami at minus 235 to win $43. So risk 100 to win 43 All right, bet against the Blackhawks. They're off tonight, so we'll put our 4-0 record on the line tomorrow when they resume play. Uh, San Jose, Arizona's both off as well. Uh, we're 0-4 now. With the, Actually, now we're 0-5. Or no, we're 0-4 with that one. Um, our underdog open parlay, though, we hit with, this, uh, with the uh, Bruins last night. So uh, three legs down, we're up to uh, $196. And remember, we pulled out 25 earlier. So leg number four, we need to win six times. Where are we going to go tonight, Scott? You know what? Um, Cavaliers beat the, uh, beat the Celtics uh, last week in Boston. Now they're at home. I'm getting plus 110. You know what? Looks good to me. If they beat them in Boston, they should be able to beat them in uh, in, in uh, Cleveland. So give me $196, our winnings on the Cadavers at plus 110 to win 215 tonight. And there you go. We're in the bag. We got to hit this six times before we can finish. And if we win this one, now we're up to over 400 bucks. Now we're starting to make some money. And now we're, we're, we're doing okay. All right, we got our shots on goal. We got our college football stuff. Uh, we got uh, the trade deadline. No Kareem Hunt, no Brandon Cooks, no entire Jets wide receiver core, no Baker Mayfield, no Jordan Love on the move. All those guys remaining puts. How about that? All right, don't forget, tune us in later on tonight with uh, In Play Sports tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Football Full Circle. Stevens Lisi coming up next right here on Sports Grid Radio. Be safe. Enjoy your day.